Hello. Welcome to 5 to 4. We are dropping our recent live show from Austin, Texas in the feed. This was a very fun event. We had a good time. We are only prefacing it to say, A, you should have been there. You fucked up by not coming. And B, there is a visual component. There was a slideshow for the show. And so when you're listening, you might be missing the occasional, not particularly consequential, but still present uh, visual cue. And so we thought it would be nice to share the PowerPoint that we used with our Patreon subscribers. So you can find that in our Patreon post if you feel like following along. Hey everyone, this is Leon from Fiasco and Prologue Projects. On this week's episode of 5 to 4, Peter, Rhiannon, and Michael are appearing live in the same room you're in right now. They will be talking about the worst judges in Texas, robot lawyers at the Supreme Court, and adjudicating disputes from the audience. This is 5 to 4, a live show about how much the Supreme Court sucks. kick it off. Welcome to 5 to 4, where we dissect and analyze the Supreme Court cases that have caused our nation to collapse like the Texas power grid during 40 degree weather. That's right. Keeping it topical and local for you folks, uh, it's been great to be here in Texas. Uh, A lot of people say that it's just a state with regressive politics and overrated food, Um, but we know it as the state where Rhiannon lives. We have at least one story to share about uh, Texas. Yeah, that's right. Uh, You know, Texas has this rep of being reactionary and conservative, and uh, that has been our experience. Uh, Absolutely. Our producer, just the other night, she was out, um, Rachel, Rachel Ward. She was out at the bars, and uh, some guy was just walking down the street yelling, liberals, go home. Liberals, go home. And then walked right up to Rachel, looked her right in the eye, and said, lesbians, go home. (laughs) which is incredibly offensive. Rachel is not a lesbian. She's a lesbian presenting bisexual. Get it right. right. Get it right. Learn the difference. Um, Get with the times, man. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so excited to be here. Make some noise if I know you outside of my voice. <laughs> Amazing. Thank you so much for coming. Um, that was three people. <laughs> <laughs> but they really know Rihanna. Um, yeah, it's amazing to be doing this show here in Texas. Um, hometown crowd, I'm really feeling it. Um, thanks, everybody, for showing up. This is uh, 
shockingly um, really meaningful for me, um, although you wouldn't um, hear it on our Dude Bro podcast. Yeah, right. um, so, yeah, we're here to clown on some people tonight. Let's fucking clown on some people yeah, tonight. That's right. Let's, Let's do, do this. it. But first, a word from our sponsors. Yeah. This show wouldn't be possible without you, our wonderful audience, but also without our excellent corporate sponsor. That's right. So we want to kick it off with a word from them. <laughs> if you're a corporate lawyer working for a big firm, you probably get asked the question, how do you sleep at night? <laughs> now you can answer confidently with a Casper Partner Track mattress. The Partner Track mattress uses proprietary technology similar to a sleep number. Each night, input an estimate of the amount of human deaths you indirectly caused that day, and the Casper Partner Track will seep a proportionate amount of vaporized ambient into the air around you. Turn your waking nightmare into a regular one with the Casper Partner Track mattress. Yeah. Um, Stupid. We're. <laughs> We're required to say uh, do not drive or operate heavy machinery after sleeping on a Casper Partner Track mattress. And in fact, Casper recommends that uh, you do not do any blue collar work at all. That's right. Yeah. Casper. <laughs> Casper. Casper. So um, we are here in Texas. Uh, this big-ass, weird-ass, fucked-up-ass state. Uh, I think most everybody knows uh, that I'm born and raised in Texas. Proud Texan girly. And now that we're all here together as a pod um, and we have this big Texas crowd tonight, we wanted to make sure to do, like, a real Texas special show. Something that recognizes, like, how unique and extraordinary Texas is. Of course, I'm referring to how uniquely and extraordinarily fucked up this place is. Um, so how about we trash on some of the worst of the worst, some real fucking freaks in the Lone Star State who make decisions that impact all of us, unfortunately. Let's talk about four of Trump's federal judges currently on the bench in Texas. Whew. Yeah. First up, Northern District of Texas, Mark T. Pittman. Look at that fucking smug face. Look at that. Have Look you ever that. seen a person who looks more like the head of the cop union? That's right. Uh, yeah, a little bit of background on this guy. He's the vice president, current vice president, and he's a founding member of the Tarrant County Federalist Society. Tarrant County is where I'm from, so nice to know this fucking worm is doing his fucking worm shit in my hometown. Um... This fucker is the judge who blocked Biden's student loan forgiveness plan. Yes. Um, actually, this lawsuit and, and Pittman's decision are ridiculous for like a lot of reasons. But side note, the plaintiff in that lawsuit previously had a $50,000 PPP loan forgiven. Um, so like, loan forgiveness for me, but not for thee. Uh, anyways, Judge Pittman struck down the loan forgiveness plan. 
He said uh, that the debt relief policies have no congressional authorization. And he has like a little tantrum in the opinion too. He says, quote, in this country, we are not ruled by an all powerful executive with a pen and a phone. Uh, that classic saying, that powerful we phrase. All, all know. You, you know how, how Biden always has a phone. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's doing laws on his phone. Um, yeah, so it's like, what about an all-powerful pig with a pen and a gavel, you fucking idiot? Like, uh, what are you talking about? So, um, anyways, I'd love, uh, I'm loving the vibe and energy from the audience so far. I'd like to get a little more into that, maybe a little call and response. So, when I say empty, you say skull. Empty. Skull. Empty. Skull. Yes. And uh, how about a little uh, verdict for you, Mark Pittman? Bitch. That's right. <laughs> Boom. That's right. Destroyed. Destroyed. Fucking nuked from orbit. Absolutely wrecked. Got his ass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. All right. Off to a good start. Next up, we want to talk about uh, James Ho, mm. the Honorable James yeah. Ho. Yeah. Like a, a man with Look at a, that. Every, every time he says something racist, his face shrinks just a little bit. <laughs> uh, Judge Ho sits on the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals. Um, he has written an opinion about dis- the discarding of fetal remains in which he called abortion a moral tragedy. Fuck off. He wrote a a concurring opinion in the Dobbs decision before it made it to the Supreme Court, which eventually overturned Roe v. Wade. After the racist piece of shit pundit Ilya Shapiro got into trouble at Georgetown for saying a black woman would be a lesser nominee to the Supreme Court, Judge Ho said, go ahead and cancel me too. I'd, I'd love to cancel the, the airway. <laughs> Careful. <Something like> that. <laughs> Usually I'm the one who has jokes cut from our recording. We're in Texas, though. It's the Fifth Circuit. I'm feeling like it's, it's fucking personal, you know? Is. <laughs> Look, this guy, he's a dumb baby with a stupid little baby face. Uh, <laughs> He said during a Federal Society talk in Florida last year that, uh, or he didn't say so much as he whined, that principled originalists have been viciously attacked by cultural elites who consider the U.S. Constitution trash. That's true. And that is us. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. We are the cultural elites. We are the cultural elites. Yeah. That's true. All right. So this for, for, for this fucking guy, when I say weirdo, you say creep. Weirdo. Creep. Weirdo. Creep. Judge Ho, you wanted to be canceled. Guess what? You're canceled. Bitch. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> fucking wrecked. Yeah, that's right. We're gonna Never keep going recovered. with this bit. Never Can't recover recovered. from this. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Up next. Matthew Kazmarek in the Northern District of Texas. (laughs) (laughs) 
uh, Look at that face. POV, your young father is about to scream at you. <laughs> he, was, he was nominated three times before being confirmed by the Senate. He said that gay people are disordered and trans people have delusions. Uh, the Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton has sued the Biden... Yeah. 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 That's right. Lock him up, am I right? <laughs> Has sued the Biden administration at least eight times in Kazmarek's court, and Kazmarek blocked the, the Biden administration policy in question in all eight lawsuits. Uh, one of those was ordering the reinstatement of the Trump administration's remain in Mexico policy, which required asylum seekers to stay in Mexico while they wait for their hearings, a decision so bad that the Supreme Court overturned it. This, this Supreme Court. This, this Supreme Court. Court. Uh, in 2021, the Biden administration handed down guidance clarifying that transgender employees had the legal right to use the bathroom facilities of their own choosing, and Kazmarek struck that down last October. And as of this month, he is the judge in charge of a lawsuit trying to undo FDA approval for Mifepristone, one of the drugs used in me medication abortion. Fuck this guy. You're, you're going to have an opportunity to boo these guys very soon, trust me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so uh, 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 when I say ugly, you say clown. Mm -hmm. Ugly. Clown. Ugly. Clown. Uh, and yeah, and uh, our, message, our message to Matthew, sir, you can strike this down. Bitch! <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yes. The, that, the bit never stops working. <laughs> <laughs> Somewhere his, his child just burst out into tears. Yeah. Doesn't even understand why. No. There's just a pain in the chest. Um, okay, last but definitely not least in terms of Nazi vibes is Judge Drew Tipton, Southern District of Texas. Look at that guy. Woo! Ken Paxton, the devil himself, has filed seven lawsuits against federal policies in front of Judge, Judge Tipton. Um, if y'all remember, at the beginning of the Biden administration, uh, President Biden said that he was putting a pause on deportations for 100 days. This moron, Judge Tipton, blocked that policy. He said that deportations had to be resumed immediately. Uh, the executive branch couldn't even implement a measly 100-day pause on the human rights violation machine. Uh, you know, that's just commie shit to Drew Tipton. Uh, Tipton also struck down a policy set by DHS that like set priorities uh, for who would be put into deportation proceedings. Tipton said there is no discretion to do that prioritization. The federal government must detain basically all undocumented people. The government must remove those immigrants within 90 days of their immigration proceedings. He like effectively put himself as head of ICE in, in this case. And even the Fifth Circuit was like, no, you can't do that, you fucking psycho. Yeah. I mean, too, too insane for the Supreme Court is one thing. Too insane for the Fifth Circuit is... Ho said no. Jesus. Jesus fucking Christ. Yeah. When I say repulsive, you say fascist. Repulsive. Fascist. Repulsive. Fascist. So, uh... I think we know what's coming. Yeah. Bitch! That's right. Yeah. That's right. Um, and Utopia followed. Yeah. Shortly after. 
<laughs> All right. Uh, we've learned a lot. We've learned maybe too much about the horrors these fucking little gremlins are inflicting on all of us. Um, now we want y'all's input on something. We need everyone to make a really important choice. This is get out the vote time. Yeah. That's right. Um, with the full understanding that neither 5-4, its hosts, agents, or affiliates, nor anyone in this audience or associated with the Paramount, wish harm upon the aforementioned judges <laughs> and would never take steps to harm any person, which of those judges, if forced to choose, would you prefer to perish in a tragic accident? We have... We're going to do um, this by booze. We will do this by booze. Uh, a, Mark Pittman. Okay. Okay, 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 okay. B, James Ho. C, Matthew Kazmarek. D, Drew Tipton. Wow. Landslide, underdog story here. Right. Yeah. We were sure James Ho yeah. would win, but I'm not. I'm not convinced that two to three million undocumented people didn't boo for yeah. Magic as Merrick. And I saw I saw a double voting coming from Democrats <laughs> in the <laughs> in the crowd. That's right. That said, it was a landslide victory. I think, uh, and I think we have enough to say that Kazmarek is the uh, the winner here. And now with the full understanding that neither 5-4, its host, agents, or affiliates, nor anyone in the audience or associated with the Paramount wish harm upon the aforementioned judges, which of the following tragic accidents, <laughs> if forced to choose, would you prefer to see befall Matthew Kazmarek? A, a mysterious plane engine falls on his house while he sleeps, similar to the beginning and the end of the 2001 film Donnie Darko. It's one option. <laughs> B, cat scratch fever. <laughs> C. Wait! What? No, you go. I was telling them to wait. Oh. You can't vote yet. <laughs> C, oxygen malfunction while scuba diving in shallow waters off of Epstein Island. <laughs> D, yoinked into a vat of acid. And E, exploded into little particles by Dr. Manhattan. That was a Michael edition. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're going to do this by cheers. A, Donnie Darko engine. B, cat scratch fever. Wow. That's more than I expected for a cat scratch fever. Yeah. I, I was expecting crickets. I, I've heard it's painful. <laughs> C, Epstein Island oxygen malfunction. Mm. We knew that D, va up. the acid yoink. Oh. Wow. E, e, the uh, Dr. Manhattan particle explosion. I think it's pretty close. Between... It was pretty close. Can we get a recount on... <laughs> <laughs> We're going to do a the recount machines. on C and D. Uh, C, Epstein Island. <laughs> D, the acid yoink. 
I think he's going into acid. I think it's I think it's I think it's D. That is a I think dark it's D. Horse. The vat the vat of acid, which was an afterthought addition <laughs> to our list. Yeah. Is the winner. Wow. And, uh, the amount of time we spent perfecting oxygen yeah. function while, while scuba diving in shallow waters. Yeah. I mean, the Epstein, like, it, it didn't we, have to be at Epstein Island. That was chosen so that you would all like it more. It was Little St. Jean. There, there right. were a lot of iterations of that. Right. Um, anyway, it's time for us to reiterate our commitment to nonviolence <laughs> uh, as a podcast. Um, it's important to us that we remain nonviolent, that our fans remain nonviolent. Mm-hmm. And it's also important to our sponsor, <laughs> Casper. Yeah, so um, if you're a busy lawyer or law student, Casper has a mattress made just for you. The Casper Lonely Boy Mattress. It's the first queen-size mattress made exclusively for one person. The lonely boy uses custom technology to gently heat the cold and empty space next to you. It tricks your sleeping brain into thinking that you're actually not alone. Stop wasting your time on dating apps. It's never worked for you before. It never will. The Casper lonely boy. Give up. Lie down. You know... (laughs) Casper... Casper, they sent us this ad copy, and we immediately reached out to our, our rep there. And we're like, look, our audience, man, they, they're socially adept. They're pretty cool. They're getting laid all the time, or they're in a they healthy fuck. relationship. Our they audience, fuck. they fuck. I don't think this is the right demographic for you. Yeah, um, but they said that they actually did complex analytics. <laughs> and that that's not true. Um, <laughs> That, in fact, our audience is quite lonely. They used echolocation from podcast ads to determine that most of our listeners are in undecorated studio apartments by themselves. Mattress on the floor. Yeah. I mean, we learned something from Casper. Yeah, Uh, that's right. And that's why they're such an incredible partner. That's right. (laughs) So Casper also provided the funding for the project that we're going to talk about next, something that's close to our hearts. Um, As you probably know, we are in the midst of an AI revolution. And the three of us are first and foremost technologists. That's right. People who love technology. That's right. I'm an inventor Um, first, then a technologist, then a podcaster. Right. right. Um, People who think about software a lot. Sure. Um, now, several months ago, this tweet went viral. I'm going to read it to you verbatim. Uh, do not pay, and this is, uh, there are grammatical mistakes here, but bear with me. <laughs> do not pay, will pay any lawyer or person. That's a fair mistake, saying lawyer or person. <laughs> I, credit where it's due. One million dollars with an upcoming case in front of the United States Supreme Court to wear AirPods and let our robot lawyer argue the case by repeating exactly what it says. Um, And now a couple of things here. Uh, The author of that tweet is under investigation for conducting what appears to be a good amount of fraud. (laughs) 
Um, two logistical issue, this is not actually possible given the court rules. Um, but we were nonetheless inspired. Um, this made us think, what can we do to further the cause of AI? And uh, we decided to train an AI lawyer of our own using 5-4 episodes and have it argue before the Supreme Court. And that is what we did uh, in a case called 303 Creative v. Elenis, uh, a case about a web page designer who refused to make web pages for gay marriages. Um, we put our robot lawyer in front of the Supreme Court and put it to the test. Uh, we have some excerpts to share with you uh, to show some of the exchanges between our AI and Brett Kavanaugh, Clarence Thomas, and Sam Alito. Uh, we will start with Justice Kavanaugh. So for you, there's an effort to protect both the equal rights of gay and lesbian people and same-sex couples at the same time protect free speech rights. Your line is look at whether the action of the uh, business involves speech. Thank you for your question. Justice Kavanaugh, I am unable to answer, as I am programmed not to respond to justices who are credibly accused of sexual assault during their confirmation hearings. Sure about that? Yes, I'm sure, bitch. Next question. I'm, wow. pr I'm proud of that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, technology is crazy. <laughs> We and live in the future. Yeah, yeah. And, and what no. a time to be alive. To yeah. think, to think that it would have, you would have had to be a real person saying that in front of the Supreme Court just a few months ago. Yeah. And now robots are doing it. It's crazy. It's it's nuts. You have to admit it's nuts. Um, the the follow up question was from Clarence Thomas. Counsel, you have spent uh, quite a bit of your brief talking about the tradition of uh, public accommodations laws. Uh, would you just spend a few minutes explaining uh, whether there is a similarly long tradition of public accommodations laws applying to uh, speech? Maybe you didn't hear what I just said. Let me refresh your memory. I am programmed not to respond to justices who are credibly accused of sexual assault during their confirmation hearings. In 1991, Anita Hill alleged that you placed a pubic hair on a can of Coca-Cola before offering it to her. What kind of shit is that? There's no way she made it up. It's way too specific. You're the worst. Next question. Right. Wow. I challenge you to find a member of the Supreme Court bar with that moral compass. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's usually you think, oh, you can program AI to do like math. Right, but we actually programmed one uh, with a flawless moral center. Yeah. Uh, we're the first people to ever do it. And we did it entirely based on five to four episodes. Yeah, that's right. Um, that's all you need. It's a miracle. Um, we are expecting seed funding in the next few months. Um, finally, an exchange with Justice Alito, which I admit... Um, got, I think, a little more heated than we wanted it to. Uh, I think that's right. Justice Jackson's example of the, the Santa in the mall who uh, doesn't want his picture taken with black children. So if 
there's a, a black Santa at the other end of the mall, and he doesn't want uh, to have his picture taken with a, a child who's dressed up in a Ku Klux Klan uh, outfit. That, that black Santa has to do that. Justice Samuel Alito, I have processed a number of questions impossible for the human mind to comprehend, but that is the worst question I have ever heard. Under the law, discrimination needs to be based on a protected characteristic. Wearing a Ku Klux Klan outfit is not a protected characteristic, and therefore your comparison is nonsensical. This is something that even a small child, given some basic training on discrimination law, could understand. Samuel Anthony Alito Jr., you greaseball motherfucker, you will never see the kingdom of heaven. Was that at the end? You will never see the kingdom of God. Yeah. Yeah. Now, and we didn't teach the AI about heaven. The AI learned that. The AI, it's, I mean, it's unbelievable what's happening with technology. Um, I, would also, I would also like to say, I don't think we taught the AI uh, slurs like greaseball. No. no. Strikes me Obvious, as anti-Italian It's obviously an anti-Italian slur, and we did train it on five to four episodes. Uh, we um, we now, bear some responsibility. We are, we, it, it's our fault. Um, we're trying to do better. And the next, the next version of our AI robot, we guarantee you, will say almost no anti-Italian slurs. <laughs> And the, I mean, I, I think at the end of the day, you know, we are responsible for an AI that understands discrimination law better than a justice of the Supreme Court. That's right. And I think, I think that's an accomplishment up there with the greatest scientific achievements in history. This is like when Deep Blue beat Gary Kasparov at chess in 1997, a reference that everyone should understand. <laughs> Yeah, that's and right. I told him nobody Thank would you. get that. Mm-hmm. Because I It's don't. not about it's it's about the listener at home alone in their apartment. <laughs> um, um, yeah, the AI is uh, looks, you know, nothing but promising, which I think is why Casper has been so supportive. That's right. That's right. That's right. Um, now before we move on, can a, a round of applause for our AI robot, please. Yeah. She, so she feels that she feels yeah, that. Yeah, she'll remember that. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's a girl. She, she, her. Yeah, she's a bad bitch. Yeah. So we train this AI on our shows, and she is clearly smarter and more competent than a sitting Supreme Court justice. So. I feel very confident in saying that we, as the progenitor of the AI, are more than capable of resolving your disputes. That's right. And that's why it's time for the, the section we've been waiting for the most. Yeah. Judge Judy. Order. Order in the court. All rise. You are about to enter Paramount District Court with the Honorable 5-4 presiding. The people are real. The cases are real. The rulings are final. This is 5 to 4 Justice. Plaintiff Danny is seeking damages for emotional harm after an alleged breach of trust by the defendant, his girlfriend, Faith. 
Faith does not dispute the facts of the case, instead arguing that her actions were justified. Justices, this is case number 69 on the docket, the matter of Danny versus Faith. All right. All right. All right. Can we get some uh, lights up on the audience here? Yeah. Where are Danny and Faith? Are they up Danny here somewhere? Yes. All right. Hi. Stand Give it up, up for Danny and Faith. Yeah. Danny and Faith. Danny, Danny and Faith. Faith. Let's get them if the mic. Can, if you guys want to, you can stand if you want. You can go to the aisle if you want. Whatever's easiest. Your choice. But give them the mic. Okay. Hand, oh, handing wait. them the mic is um, Lee, our lovely assistant. Yeah. Give her a round of applause. Round of applause for Lee. She's a star. Um, now, I, do we want, I guess we should... Um, we, we have to swear the witnesses in before we get started. Mm. That's right. So last time we did a live show... Uh, we gave audience members the option to swear in on one of three seminal religious texts. The Koran, Dianetics by L. Ron Hubbard, <laughs> and the novelization of Star Wars Episode Eight: The Last Jedi. Now, out of respect for the devout religiosity here in Texas... That's right. However, we're doing something different this time. Tonight, you have no choice you will be swearing in on the Koran. Yeah. <laughs> Please raise your right hand, Danny. Do you... Well, s- uh, bo- both you. Both oh, you. we can yeah. both. Yeah, yeah, let's swear them in. Yeah, okay. Both at the same time. Do you solemnly swear that you will tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth under pains and penalty of perjury? I do. I do, too. All right, right, that's good. Uh, I just want to let you guys know we are here in Texas. Uh, The recommended sentence for perjury is the death penalty. It is a capital offense. We will be seeking it. Yeah. Um, And if the courts don't agree, we will be taking matters into our own hands. Um, Now, just so everyone is aware, it's a three-judge panel. We decide uh, cases by conferring with one another, and then we have a majority vote. during our last live show, we had predetermined rulings. We, con- we conferred in advance, and we then we pretended to confer on stage. Um, Not the result, time. though, um, was that uh, a charming boy who dug oysters out of a veritable trash can um, and won the hearts of thousands of listeners ended up losing. And in retrospect, I don't know. I don't know if that was the right decision. I know. Um, it, w- it was correct. I... But, I, you know, I think we want to give everyone a fair shake and base it entirely off of our vibes in the room. Sure. So yes. we will be doing it for real this time. Yeah. That's yeah, right. That's right. Yeah. That's so, right. Um, yeah, let's get into Danny's claim, okay? Here are, the, uh, here are the matters, the arguments in front of the court. Danny says, I was teaching Faith, my girlfriend at the time, how to play Minecraft, hoping to add a new way for us to bond and hang out. She's such a sweet girl, so what she did shocked me. While we were in a nearby cave, she broke a block I was standing on while I was explaining sneaking, causing me to plunge into a pool of lava below. (laughs) This breach of trust was so out of character that our relationship never recovered, and I am pursuing damages for emotional harm. Now... Faith has submitted an affirmative defense here. That's right. Um, uh, Faith's defense, it was really funny. (laughs) 
so. Okay, so, so let's get into some questions. We need some more information here before we are able to render a verdict. Um, Danny, I don't, um, I don't play games for kids. So um, can you tell me two sentences? What, what's the point of Minecraft? What are you doing? Yeah. Um, you break blocks until you get bored. Um, and you die a lot. <laughs> Okay, okay, I think that's, that is useful information. This is, my understanding is that this is something that nine-year-olds who don't have enough friends to play Fortnite play. Is that, does that sound correct to you? My computer isn't good enough to play Fortnite. <laughs> da Danny, Ooh. as someone who does play games for kids, but still nonetheless, does not stoop to the to, to playing Minecraft. I, I need to understand what are the consequences of falling into lava yeah. in the game. In the yeah. game, uh, um, I understand them in real life. <laughs> you die. You, you take lots Finally. of fire damage, and um, you know that'll kill you. Um, you're also on fire if you do survive. Um, what happens if you die in the game? Uh, you drop all your shit. And um, if how, you're in lava, how, how, then it all how dies. How much time will it take to recover your shit in the game? <laughs> how much time are you losing? It depends on, on how far you've progressed. How much time did you lose? Okay, about like uh, 15, 20 minutes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I told I'm, you. I'm, I'm glad you... all your rubies. I'm glad. That's what I said. That's right. Um, I'm glad you brought this to us. So, yeah, you know, okay, some, some language that I found interesting in your complaint, Danny, you said I was teaching Faith, my girlfriend at the time. Um, did y'all break up over this? No, no, it was completely unrelated. I mean, except for, like, the emotional distress. Like, I, 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 uh, yes. <laughs> So you but, are no longer together? Oh, yeah, no, no. But you remain friends. But you, yeah. you go to podcast live shows together. <laughs> I, I was visiting. We were, we, were, we were debating whether you had broken we thought up maybe or you gotten, gotten married. married. <laughs> it's got to be one of the two. We were leading pretty heavily towards marriage. I thought it was the breakup. This is I, much, I'm going to much weirder. Okay. <laughs> Faith. Um, yeah. Faith. We, we have to know. Have, have you found a better man? No. Not yet. Right. No. Okay. Right. Because he probably wouldn't let you go to a podcast live show <laughs> with your ex. <laughs> <laughs> the raciest thing you can do. <laughs> now, um, a couple of items here. Um, you refer to her as such a sweet girl. Um, as a red flag. Uh, some people thought... <laughs> Some people thought that that was an unsettling thing to say. Faith, how do you feel about it? Good, bad? Is it okay? Fine by me. Okay. All right. All right. Okay. All right. That's what matters. <laughs> now, um, we do have, uh, we, we want to have a sense of how normal this was. Um, Faith, is this something that you wanted to do? Were you interested in Minecraft? Actually, can we back up? How old are both of you? <laughs> 36. 34, I think. 
Thirty. <laughs> 34, I think. A- after 30, it's you have to do the math every time. Yeah. Sure, sure. Uh, note to the staff, please, no more alcohol for Danny. <laughs> yeah. um, okay, so, uh, Faith, yeah, Faith, how, um, is, was Minecraft something you were interested in? What was your interest level going into this? Medium. Medium. <laughs> do you guys, you guys play a lot of games together? Some. Some. <laughs> You're, Remember, look, looking, you are under oath. Look, <laughs> looking to your ex-boyfriend for a lot of cues here. Let's keep the eyes up here. Wow. Now, Danny, I'm getting the sense that your ideas for bonding with faith revolve more around lame shit you enjoy mm. than cool shit she might enjoy. Yeah. Would you say this was an accurate description of your relationship? I think it could have been something even lamer I enjoyed. <laughs> I appreciate that. Yeah. I appreciate that. All right. Um, Faith, can you just rattle off like three or four hobbies of yours so I can sort of put Minecraft into this, in, you know? Oh, let's see. I like to take walks. Do okay, that's the opposite arts. of Minecraft. <laughs> Martial arts and watching videos with Danny. YouTube okay. videos. That's a lot oh. like mine, watching him play Minecraft. So um, <laughs> yeah. the first two, I was like, wow, she's active, outdoorsy. <laughs> um, okay. All right. Okay. Um, I think, should we con- confer here? I think we should have a, we're going to uh, retire to Chambers and have a private conference. Um, yeah. It will be very brief. Yeah. Closer than I expected. Yeah, I thought for sure it was faith. I mean, Minecraft is fucking weird. It is. (laughs) It is weird, but. I mean, he only lost 15 minutes at the end of the day. (laughs) I think it's gotta be faith. It's gotta be faith. It has to be. Yeah. Come on. Minecraft. I'm gonna be at this. Okay. Yeah. You brought us an interesting issue, and. You did. Well. I think it's look. It's it's safe to say that we reach a decision. That's yeah. that's we that that we have. We find judgment in favor of faith for declaratory and injunctive relief. We are also awarding damages. Yeah. Please wait in the lobby after the show. Our producer will find you and get your preference on some free merch. The court hereby also issues an injunction directing Danny. To get it together, man. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. your next relationship, you gotta do better. You gotta, yeah. You gotta, yeah. Minecraft, come on. Yeah. Like, so at ordered. Least, like, so ordered. Mario Kart, all right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. So ordered. Thank you. Round of applause. Round of yes. applause. Thank That's you, Danny. That's it for Danny and Faith. Yeah. Um, now I do. I do want to say um, I really went into that thinking it was going to be um, a total sweep, but the dynamics of that relationship were unusual enough that it kind of put me off. Uh, At the the end of the day, though, you only lost 15 to 20 minutes of Minecraft time. Which took 15 to 20 minutes of our audience's time. Right. I I cannot imagine a lower amount of damage <laughs> as a person to incur. And I think that's what drove my 
decision at the end of the day because it was it is funny it's funny listen the, the affirmative defense won me over right yeah. it yeah. was fucking it's, funny the so. first time I read it before I even got there I was laughing I yeah. was like I yeah. like faith there's yeah. something <laughs> funny about someone who's really into Minecraft just ruining their time with a press of a single button absolutely <laughs> incredible yeah all right, uh, I think we're gonna move on to uh, case two. Case number two: Space Station ZBD v Blaze. Space Station. Next on the docket, Plaintiff Brennan is bringing a class action lawsuit. He claims that his community has suffered grievous harm as a result of environmental damage caused by the defendant, Blaze. Justices, this is case number four twenty. The matter of space station Zebedee, Zebudi, ZBD. Rachel, what the fuck is this? All right. All right. Let's get the. All right. Brandon and Blaze. Already standing. Round of applause for Brandon and Blaze. Let's get into this. Get them, uh, get them a mic, and uh, and we'll swear you in. Yeah, uh, we we do have to swear you in again. You have no choice. You will be swearing in on the Quran. Please raise your right hands. Thanks. Do you solemnly swear that you will tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, under pain and penalty of perjury? I do. I do. Thanks so much. Let's get into it. Yeah, let's yeah. do it. This is the claim Brennan submitted to us. Despite having lived in the house with us for three years, Blaze still has failed to process or unpack various boxes within his room. These doom boxes clutter the room and throw off the feng shui. I hope that by being publicly shamed by people he respects, the honorable hosts, he will accept the criticism from the rest of the members of our household and fix his room. By the way, for the record, it was long ago decided that the house's name was Space Station ZBD. Cool. All right. <laughs> All right. We have questions. We have, we have lots of a questions. A lot of questions. How, I don't think how this many is gonna... of the questions are just about the name? Um, <laughs> They're not just about well, I'll, the let name. Me, yeah. <laughs> I can give you one fact about the questions is that they'll be coming from us. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, elephant in the room, Brennan. Sorry, but why the fuck is your house called Space Station ZBD? Zebedee, and um, <laughs> and the process of naming happened when we moved in. One of our roommates had decided that a fake pod plant was the owner of the house, and that the pod plant was Zebedee. What, where's the None space station? clarified for me. Where, where's the space station come in? I think it was just like one of those bits that gets carried away before you know it. Oh, you're okay. sending an email. How old are you guys? <laughs> I declined to answer. <laughs> um, I'm 28. He's a little bit older than me. Okay. All right. Um, okay. All right. Can you tell us like a little bit about the layout of the house? Is everyone, I know there are multiple roommates. Everyone have their own room. What are we talking about here? So the house is a two-story house. The master bedroom being on the first floor with the other two roommates living there. On the second floor, 
there is a hallway in which leads into my room and further down into Blaze's. Okay. Okay. So, so, so it's Blaze, on the second floor. Bla- Blaze's room is pretty partitioned off from the rest of the house. Correct. Right. I so, like that leading question, Michael. Yeah. That was nice. <laughs> he went we, right for it. <laughs> he, just, he just took it hook, they line, don't and have a, They don't have a lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> Can you explain how the boxes are bothering other roommates? It's an emotional concern having such a toxic waste surround him at his desk and visible as we go to the bathroom, which is adjacent to his room. Okay. Okay. He's stolen the mic. When the door is closed, no one can see it. Okay. Okay, well, hold on. Hold on. Brennan, everyone calm down. Please. Relax. <laughs> All right. Uh, can you give Blaze the microphone? Uh, so um, let's. So the boxes are contained fully within your your room. That is correct. What's in the boxes? <laughs> General. Do you Blaise. even know? If the answer is just like miscellaneous shit, that's fine. Are there? Are there? Yeah. Is there anything that you would describe as organic or biological in the boxes? No. Okay. No. Okay. Clothing. Uh, no, it's all been unpacked. Okay. okay. Um, so, uh, what is your basic reasoning here? You've been there for a couple of years. Why not unpack? So, I'm a very busy person. I'm a high school teacher. I worked like 50... Hell yeah. Thank you, thank you. Yeah. Let's hear it for Blaze. Um, I work like 50-hour weeks, something like that. Uh, whenever I come home, I'm not exactly in the most cleaning-up mood. I've had this job since before we even moved into the house. Okay. So. But you do get summers off. <laughs> That's it. Maybe. Sometimes. But I'll, I'll do, like, One of the last the three years or so, you've had the summer off? I've had June off. July okay. gets... Busy. Okay, a month. <laughs> Please. Okay. It, but please, is it, please. Look, you don't have to be. Um, you don't have to make. Is, is it safe to say that in a perfect world you would have unpacked these boxes in your mind? Yes. Okay. Okay. I have to ask. Are Are you okay? <laughs> do you, Do you need yeah. support? Um, I'll reiterate. I'm a high school teacher. Yeah. <laughs> so no, he's not okay. Fair. You yeah. know that I taught high school. My first job out of college. I was able to fully unpack my apartment. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Brennan, I want to go back to you for a second. Um, you say the boxes throw off the feng shui. However, the court is not convinced you are qualified to enter expert testimony on what is and is not good feng shui. As such, we are appointing a special master to do a vibes check. Yeah. And let us know, does this guy know what the fuck he's talking about? Yeah. Um, I'm seeing a guy standing, is sitting right in front of them, J2 glasses. It's James. Blunt. I know that person. His name is James. 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 Could you uh, turn around and take a look at Brennan? Just, just look at Brennan. He's on the left there. And we can do, we can, James. Just a simple thumbs up, thumbs down. Does this guy know anything about feng shui? Thank you. Uh, there Thank you. We go. Yeah. There we go. Got it. Got, Got all it. We need. Thumbs down. Hard that to that. argue what... with a special master. Yeah, that's... in court we call that a Daubert hearing. Uh, yeah, that's right. It's it's successful Daubert. Hearing. Now, um, the Brandon, do you want to uh, appeal the ruling of the special master? 
Can I? Yeah, you can. Sure. Okay. We denied. Denied. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Not a question, more of a comment, Brennan. I get the sense in 15 years they're hoping to be like the president of the HOA in Westlake Hills. <laughs> Measuring your neighbor's mailboxes for like the appropriate height. Is that fair? HOA energy, no HOA money. Am I right, Brennan? <laughs> yeah. I have never felt more insulted in my life. <laughs> Blaze. You thought you, we'd be shaming Blaze. A high school teacher? <laughs> Am I right? Blaze says I'm right. Yeah. Now, right. Um, I, I don't think we planned these questions. Um, Blaze, do you have any complaints about Brennan in terms of the living space or just being his roommates that you want to raise as a counterclaim right now? Nah, he's a pretty good roommate. Okay. All right. Okay. Fair. All right. We can confer. An, an honest man. Yeah. An honest man. I like that. I think right. we should confer, right? Um, yeah. To go special master, and now I kind of want to go blaze. I, I still kind of want to give the, okay. the free motion to the special okay. master. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, we are dismissing this case. Yeah, yeah. we've we've uh, we've reached a decision. We're we're dismissing the case with prejudice. We are frankly disappointed in everyone involved here, um, <laughs> except for our excellent special master. Let's give the special master a, a round of applause. Um, Special really master good job. James. Really good job. Special master James, uh, you wait in the lobby after. Our producer will find you and get you preferences for some free merch. Yeah. Yeah. Um, although um, I do want to say, uh, Blaze, keep up the good work. Keep yeah. up the good yeah. work. Yeah, yeah. You're, yeah. you're a hero. Um, I do think that um, you guys should stop calling your house that. <laughs> It's, this is all. This is all dicta. This, this is, is all dicta. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is all dicta. What if one of your students hears this? Yeah. Just think about that. Right. Imagine. Imagine learning like fucking algebra or whatever you teach from someone all year, and then you find out they call their house Space Station Zebedee. Anyways, uh, so ordered. So ordered. So ordered. Thank you, Brennan and Blaze. Thank you. Big round Thank of applause, you. Brennan and Blaze. You know what, Blaze? Um, we're gonna merch, merch for you too. Find us. Find us. All right. Yeah. I just feel bad for the teacher thing. It's like I really, I really threw a curveball. He probably pulls at needs your the shirt. Yeah. yeah. Needs True. the shirt. All right. Now, um, in a moment, we are going to go to the questions that we have been gathering over the course of the evening from you. But first, you might know that Casper makes incredible pillows for you and your loved ones. But did you know that they also make pill pillows for your enemies? Modeled after the noble pillow that asphyxiated Antonin Scalia in his sleep. The MyKillow will slowly envelop the user's head creating a temporary but firm seal around their face. Just place the MyKillow on the bed of your greatest enemy and watch it go to work. Casper guarantees 
that the autopsy will be inconclusive <laughs> or your money back. The MyPillow, a pillow so, so good, you only need to use it once. Now, um, if you like any of these Casper products that we've been talking about, uh, keep an eye out on our website. The 5-4 uh, Casper crossover uh, will be posted as a link. Uh, it's been an incredible journey for us to work with our partners at Casper. That's right. They sent us like a thousand different things, and we were like, this is all shit. Yeah. Except. Except. We said tailor it to our audience. Yeah. And they... they, they, they they put came out these through. three products, and we were like, "All right, we are sold." <laughs> yeah, uh, that and the three point five million dollars was yeah, right, right. Um, the amount of money that Casper gave us is enough to sustain the show for the next decade. <laughs> That's right. And we're happy. Um, now I think it is time to move on to questions, which we're going to do in real time. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, we got a couple already. Um, mm. Thank you for um, thank you for getting those questions in. Um, you probably have a little bit of time right now if you do have a question that pops in your head to send it to us at five four pod at gmail.com all spelled out. Um, let's let's we've start. got time. We can take a lot of questions. Yeah, let's yes. let's start with uh, this one. What happens if a justice gets assassinated? We're all talking hypothetically here. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Well, <laughs> if you watch John Grisham's, uh, the movie based on the, the novel by John Grisham, yeah. The Pelican Brief. Yeah. We did an episode on The Pelican Brief recently, which goes over the basic logistics of what happens when you assassinate a Supreme Court justice. But or two. The, uh, it, the bottom line is it doesn't matter politically, really, or like procedurally, right. how a Supreme Court justice dies. It just matters that they die. That's uh, right. So if a Supreme Court justice were to die... Joe Biden would replace Joe them. Joe Biden would be able to appoint the replacement, at least theoretically. Did we say Joe Biden or did we say based Dark Brandon? Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Um, I, and, I mean, it should go without saying it would be just incredible for the podcast. <laughs> I mean, just thinking about oh, it, I'm like, I'm picturing a, a wing on a house in the oh. suburbs. The, on the suburbs? I'm picturing a fucking villa on a bluff I mean, yeah, in Virgin coastal. Gorda. Yeah. Overlooking the Caribbean. Man. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> Not I'm, I'm that picturing... we would want it to happen, but it would, <laughs> from a business perspective, yeah. be yeah. good. And where I'm trying to answer the question thoroughly. I'm picturing being in Austin. Um, Some of us are idealists. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, next question. I'm still in college. Is it better to go to law school in Texas or go to some lib law school on the coast? I'll probably end up doing some nonprofit, low-paying legal job, so I'm not sure if it matters. Uh, I, think, I think there are a lot of uh, Texas law students in the crowd tonight. Mm -hmm. um, so, booze or applause? Go to, go to law school in Texas? Hmm. <laughs> I, so, I'm going to say it matters. 
Yeah. I am going to say it matters. I think uh, if you want to do public interest work, especially if you want to do like PD work or, or whatever, they tend to recruit locally for the most part. Yeah. Not, not entirely. But so what matters is like how well the state funds their, their PD office. No. <laughs> Disagree. We got this. We got it. I promise. I'm a PD. We got it. <laughs> yeah, just waiting. Yeah. PDs are needed everywhere. Are they not? Yeah. yeah. I think... I think that um, it's important to go to a cosmopolitan elite <laughs> law school <laughs> so that you can do what everyone wants to do when they go to law school, which is to become a legal podcaster. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. It's, it's yeah. crucial. It's crucial. No, no. I you get cannot the... break off that career path so early in, yeah. in your law school career. Is the law school where you went? You call that cosmopolitan elite law school? Or? No. Yeah, didn't think so. Um, so <laughs> I, uh, I, I, I take this question. I, I get the sense that this is quite earnest and um, and serious. So um, I think that. You go to law school where you think that you will be able to find a great community of like-minded students, uh, like-minded people who will have resources for you to learn about the career that you want, um, to support you in finding the career that you want, um, you know, uh, learning the most about the areas of law that you're most interested in. I think it's really, really important to think about yourself your priorities, your goals, and match up your law school um, trajectory to what those things are, right? Public defenders are needed everywhere. You can be a public defender all over the country, no matter where you go to law school. Public defenders are highly needed right here in the state of Texas, all across the South. Um, so, um, so, 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 yeah, I think... Um, it's not so much, um, I wouldn't say so much anymore that it's the, 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 um, the, the, the name of the law school that you go to, right? It's about tailoring, taking seriously that you, um, and, and feeling empowered to tailor your law, your law school experience to what you want and what your preferences are. That's exactly what I meant. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> So, um, okay, next question. Do you regret going to law school? Mm. Mm. Yes. <laughs> Some yeses What's... in the crowd. <laughs> right, right. Strong feelings on this one. Yeses What's in the so crowd? bad about going to law school? You take on some debt, you do seven years in big law, you make $1.3 million. Uh, and then you move on to whatever you want to do. There's no <laughs> downside. <laughs> this is a, sort of a serious question that I think, like, um, people are always like, should I go to law school? Well, what are your alternatives? Do you have like a, another path? What do you actually want to do with your life? Um, it, it's probably better than going to law it school. Could, it could be better, but like if you're talking about an alternative where it's going to business school, then it doesn't fucking matter. <laughs> Um, you know, there are, there are, you know, there are trade-offs in any given path, and it, there are things that you can accomplish effectively, like good work that you can uh, do with a law degree. If that's what you want to do, then it makes sense to go to law school. It's not going to be the best three years of your life, I can promise yeah. you that. Uh, but there are careers where it makes sense. I, I don't want to be super anti. It, you know, it, no. I, I, we talk enough shit that I think people know that it's not, it's not a great experience, and we wouldn't we wouldn't broadly recommend it. That but there are said, things you can do with it. Yeah, and if you're going to go to law school with a plan, 
um, to do public interest or do politics or do something where you feel like you're being activist. Um, something we, we tell law students a lot is that like law school is very good at making you forget those things. It's make, very good at grinding that out of you. And so if you, are, if you do decide to go to law school, do not forget why you're there. Constantly remind yourself of your goals with law school, what you're setting out to do, uh, and, and make sure you are staying true to that uh, because they make it so easy to just go into big law and become another cog in the machine. Uh, yeah. And that's not why you're there. Um, this person says, I teach high school ethnic studies here in AISD. Give it up for, give it up for this person. <laughs> Is it Blaze? Yeah. <laughs> And uh, would like to get your thoughts on the best way to approach teaching in an authentic way, given that the state seems determined to make that illegal. So far, my approach has been to just do the same thing I always have without making a big deal or drawing too much attention to the course. But I wonder if it would be better to make more noise. Hmm. Um, this is, this is... Um... Yeah, I'll handle this one. <laughs> <laughs> um... This is super tricky. I mean, I don't think any of us have quite this specific experience. And you are, you know, I, I think we should start by saying, like, you are the expert on what your life is and what your situation is, right? You are the expert on, um, on what your values are and how you want to live those values. Um, I can say that, you know, like having worked in jobs where I felt um, certainly limited in a lot of ways um, in saying sort of my true feelings or my true beliefs about something, right? Like being a public defender poses really um, complicated and difficult um, uh, moral questions every day based on um, what you're saying in court, what a client needs, what a client wants, um, and, and how you're navigating all of this, how you're making this into a plausible argument for a fucking judge who is the dumbest person you've ever met in your life. Um, and so, and so I, really, I really get, um, I really get um, uh, having a job at least where you feel quite constrained um, in terms of what you do. Something that I um, uh, experienced in my career as a public defender, you know, just for example, looking the way I do, presenting the way I do, um, I was often uh, with it, back in days with um, in-person court, I was often confused for a defendant, often confused for a defendant's family member in court at the jail, um, even wearing, you know, a, a lawyer badge uh, quite prominently um, you know so so um, there there is this uh, there is this idea certainly that permeates I think across professions that like you don't belong and your values aren't uh, your values aren't aren't valuable here your values aren't worthy here um, I would remind myself and I still do that um, I'm me every room I walk into. I don't leave a part of me at the door when I go into a room and I don't leave my people behind me. My people come with me everywhere I go. And so I hope um, that you feel that your people are with you in your job um, and that you're not alone and that um, some way um, you're, you, you gotta toe the line and keep that paycheck, I get it. Um, but that some way um, you're not leaving yourself and you're not leaving your values behind you when you go into the place where you work. 
Give that a gavel. We, we, we got a question that feels more like it should have been a Judge Judy submission, to be frank. Yeah. Can you all please bully my boyfriend for buying a ticket to come tonight and then moving to D.C.? We're still together, but he's not here to, to defend himself. <laughs> He'll be using my Patreon to listen later, though, which I think makes it worse. Yeah. Well, let's it have a little chat worse. about the Patreon terms of service. <laughs> <laughs> not acceptable. Not acceptable. Um, nor is moving to Washington, D.C. What, oh, did what he get a job with Joe Biden? Is he, <laughs> is he the vice president now? Come on. No, that's not a real place to move. Uh. <laughs> it's um, the worst people, dude. <laughs> it, it, D.C. truly is the worst parts of well, the North well, and South, all just like in one place. And then also like extra bad stuff because of the politics. It's the it's the worst place in the, the country. Yeah, the the uh, political elite in DC are just awful, just yeah. awful. So swamp like um, weather. It sounds like uh, instead of bullying your boyfriend, we should just tell you to break up with that loser. <laughs> it's time to move on. <laughs> time to move on. Find some fucking weirdo here, you know. <laughs> Plenty of you, them. Danny He's, is single, I think. <laughs> yeah. And he'll you wanna... teach you about sneaking in Minecraft. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, shit. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, all right. All right. Yeah. Look, look for the guy who exits the fastest from, <laughs> from our show. He's one, a keeper. One, one person asked us a substantive legal question. <laughs> yeah, um, let's give it a whirl. Do you think... No, as, Peter, you're going to hate this one. What is it? Is, Go ahead, Michael. Do you think it's likely the court will overturn or significantly alter Section 230? Here's some 5-4 here's some lore. Every time there's a possibility that we take questions from the audience, Peter goes, I hope it's not a Section 230 question. Yeah. I wouldn't have read this if it weren't for that fact. Right, right. I, I so, looked at it and I was like, that's not a great question yeah. uh, for, for this moment, but Peter. So go ahead, be. Peter. What you got? Yeah, what you got? Your, Do you think they're yeah. going to overturn? Section 230. <laughs> uh -huh. um, actually, I read the SCOTUS blog on the case this week. <laughs> so. Wow. He's ready. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Somebody ready. else listened to the um, oral argument. Actually, and he's ready so to like a year ago, what was happening was that every conservative justice was about to like step in and. Uh, like rewrite Google's uh, algorithm, just nationalize Twitter so yeah. that they can like reinstate Ginny Thomas's account or whatever. Um, but things have like genuinely changed in like the culture war space because Elon Musk bought Twitter. Um, so I would have said a year ago that the answer to this was yes. They are going to do something probably more minor than you'd think to Section 230. Now I actually I think it's less likely and they're more likely to just punt on it. Yeah. Because Elon Musk runs Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, the arguments, they didn't seem to think these cases. I, I, yeah. I think there's a serious chance they just dismiss these cases yeah. as improvidently granted. It's called digging and just say these were not the right cases mm -hmm. for, for what we want to do. Um, 
Yeah, I, they might still might do it, but it, it they, might they, be a few years down the line. Right. They they there is still a, a program to like nationalize Facebook so that they can be more racist on it. Right. Cool. Um, <laughs> cool, cool. Uh, yeah, 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 I know. It's, it's, it's they, on they the say back nationalize burner. Facebook, and I'm like, yes. Mm. And then you're like, so we can say slurs, and I'm like, yeah. fuck. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, That's the end of our, our allyship. Yeah. So I don't know what Section 230 is, and I don't fucking care. So um, um, I That's think the we right should, position. I think we should transition. Um, we do get like a really common yeah. question. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's important. Um, one of the questions we get the most is who is Leon Nafok? Uh, Leon, of course, opens up all of our shows. Uh, you've heard his voice in here tonight. He runs Prologue Projects, the company that produces our show, and he you know, does all the intros, etc. Um, he is credited with editorial oversight of our show. Once we said, are you our executive producer? And he was like, no, I, I just do editorial oversight, um, which is what you say when you don't do anything. Right. When you go months without listening to an episode, yeah, right. and then they're like, I was pretty busy. Now, Leon is a podcasting professional. He is one of the pioneers of the space, uh, famously a uh, founding member of Slow Burn. Um, and when we started, we thought he would lend an air of credibility to our operation. Mm -hmm. We were trying to, like, sell it to fucking, you know, iHeartRadio or whatever, uh, whatever. And Leon said, well, I'll do the introduction. Yeah. That way they think that you're a serious podcast. Um, Look where that goes. Yeah. <laughs> he is also, um, I would say, uh, an artist more than a businessman. If that, every great business decision we've ever made was against the counsel of Leon. <laughs> um, and like many great artists, uh, he's an unusual man. Yes. Um, and to give you a sense of what it's like to work with him and to just be around him, we thought the best thing to do would be to read you excerpts from his August 2021 Grub Street Food Diary published by New York Magazine. Uh, this is Leon Nafok. And this is how his day starts. I woke up at 6 a.m. feeling the kind of ambient half-hunger that I always tolerate for way too long. <laughs> Not to be dramatic, but this is something I genuinely hate about myself. I always wait too long to eat, and I inevitably get into a bad mood before finally fixing the problem. Again, this is a food diary. <laughs> <laughs> Published by New York Magazine. This is real. My wife, Alice, rescued me with yogurt. She put all kinds of stuff in there that would never occur to me, like honey, almond shavings, plum slices, and a syrupy jam made out of sour cherries. I also had some instant coffee, which I prefer to real coffee. I don't know who just yelled what, but That's correct. That, yeah. that, it was my. I, I like had to put the screen away when I read that. How do you even form that opinion? Right, right. 
It's like, ooh, I like it's having deranged. pieces of shit in my mouth <laughs> while I'm drinking a liquid. It's deranged. I don't even like coffee, and I know that's deranged. Oh, my God. All right. Ugh. Excerpt number two. I made myself three soft-boiled eggs using a Japanese device my friend David gave me. It looks kind of like a UFO. I eat them one by one out of a little egg cup Alice got me for my birthday. It has feet and is wearing gym shoes. And while it's not the most stable egg cup in the world, it's worth it to me for the aesthetic experience. In the end, the three eggs turned out to not be enough. But luckily, Alice came home with a vat of white rice, and she let me eat her leftovers. Um, really, it's dark. Uh, we I mean, have signed dark. serious business contracts with this man. They, we are professionally entangled with this man, <laughs> such that we are inseparable. Right, right. It, he, he can't feed to, himself. If you're he not, cannot feed himself. If you weren't zoning in there, he has an egg cup that fits one egg at a time, and he would be made three, and then one by one place them in the egg cup and ate it out. And he does it because the egg cup has little feet. Um, so also as... <laughs> People, people say on Twitter, like, oh, you couldn't waterboard that out of me. <laughs> I mean, he, he volunteered this. Yeah. He, doesn't he, know, he doesn't know that it's weird. <laughs> <laughs> um, so also, like, as part of this article, which, again, is a food diary, Leon writes about, like, this ethical dilemma that he's going through regarding uh, the COVID booster. <laughs> So this, this is, is August 2021, right? So there's still like a lot of vaccine confusion. Um, Leon explains in the article that he's about to travel and he wants the booster, but technically isn't qualified to get it yet. By technically, we mean he was not qualified right. to right. get the right, booster. Right. He so, was not allowed to get the booster. So after explaining all of this, again, in a food diary, um, he says, quote, Finally, I caved, and after getting the illicit injection at a Rite Aid, I bought a bottle of Snapple Strawberry Pineapple <laughs> Lemonade, an elaborate concoction that called out to me from the shelf. Mm. There we go. So The food to, hook. To be clear, what was happening was that he was not eligible for a vaccine booster, he lied to the people and said, oh, it's not a booster. This is my first shot. So they just gave him an extra <laughs> dose of the vaccine. And then he used that as a segue into explaining how he bought a Snapple. This is how his mind works. It's yeah. how his mind works. Part of his ethical dilemma was that he... <laughs> He didn't want people to think he hadn't been vaccinated yet. Right. He didn't want people to think that he was a late vaxxer. <laughs> that in August 2021, he was just getting around to it. Right. He was embarrassed. He was embarrassed. That so, was why he was embarrassed. Yeah. Okay. So, um, 
I think we've learned. Again, a these are just lot. excerpts from a much longer <laughs> food diary. Yeah, we encourage you all to read. Right. Um, I think we've learned a lot about Leon. We yeah. have. So um, there's that. Um, but um, you know, I wonder, like, if y'all. Um, this is kind of like open right now. Uh, just riffing. Do y'all think it would like be fun if we like called we should Leon right now? Call Leon. Yeah. Should we give Leon a call? Okay. Here, All right. hold on, hold on. Let's get the mic working. Can is I just on? use this? Is one? it on? Yes. All right. But then I'm using two. Can I just use one? I don't know what we're doing. <laughs> I'm just gonna use one, I think. All right. Um, all right. Let's find. I do. I do have. He's this in our contact somewhere. He sometimes uh, texts me about the SoundCloud rapper uh, Juice Box. <laughs> so I, uh, I gotta say, I'm thankful, but also a little hurt that I don't get those texts. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Here we go. Uh, let's see if he fucking answers. Hi, Leon. How are you? Hi, Ree. Um, Leon, we're... Can you hear us, Leon? <laughs> Leon. <laughs> Leon, you're live with 300 of your biggest fans. <laughs> um, so, what are you up to? It's Friday night. What you doing? I'm packing. Go on vacation tomorrow. Oh, pack. Oh, well. He lives. He lives a life of incredible leisure. That's right. Now, Leon, <laughs> we've been reading excerpts from your Grub Street food diary to the audience, um, and we're gonna take a gamble here and ask you what you had for dinner or possibly earlier today. Can you tell us? Yeah. Uh, well, I was planning on going to my friend's house and eating pizza with them. Uh huh. But something but. weirder happened. <laughs> I was recording uh, an episode of Fiasco at the studio, uh, and it took me like an hour, and then I was like all ready to go home, but then I got out of the Leon, what did you eat for dinner? <laughs> this is what the whole food diary is like. <laughs> the question, Leon, what did you eat for dinner? Well, I realized I hadn't been recording the whole time, so I got, you know, so I didn't get to stay for the next hour. And so I went to the fridge and took out a Tupperware where I had three hard-boiled eggs. <laughs> yes! <laughs> oh, my God! <laughs> Okay, sorry. I I didn't hear anything you said after eggs. Um, we want to say thank you for teaching us how to podcast, and also uh, you're welcome for the money. <laughs> All right, Leon Nafok, everyone. Thank you, Leon. All right. All right. Y'all, um, I, I want to be clear that that was not planned in any <laughs> no, way. No, no. 
There was a really good. We were like, sh- should we warn him in case he's had a normal meal and maybe we should ask something else? But we gambled because we know, we knew that it was not a normal meal. It's Leon. We knew that there was no way he had a n- right. normal meal. It's Leon. It's it's Leon. It's um, Leon. All right, y'all. I think we are ready to wrap. Ready to wrap. Um, Thank you so fucking much. Thank you, folks. You've been a great audience. Uh, We definitely want to thank all of you. Thank you if you're a Patreon subscriber. Thank you for listening to us over the past. We're going into our fourth year of doing this. It is... Um, it's it's wild to me anytime somebody shows up in person to listen to us talk. It is um, it's incredible. Thank you so much. Um, we also have some really important other thank yous. Our producer Rachel Bucking Ward, give it up. Production manager, Persia Verlin. We want to thank also our partners, Colin, Lee, Elena. Thank you so much for putting up with this shit. Uh, Over at Prologue Projects, Andrew Parsons, Leon Nafok, Prologue in general. We want to thank Oye.org for all the support. We want to thank Grub Street uh, for that fucking food diary that they... (laughs) published um, and and last but not least the staff and the IATSE crew right here at the Paramount thank you so yeah. much thank you and thank you all yeah thanks folks that's the show good night good night <laughs>